What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Missing Persons, and welcome to the new listeners. Uh, before we get started on today's episode, a uh, few things we wanted to throw out there. We have another show, Speaking of Murders. Make sure you go check that out. We also have a Patreon where we're putting up bonus episodes every other Saturday, so don't forget to check that out. Wherever you're listening, hit the like button, subscribe button, follow button, whatever button, so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes. Um, leave us five stars, and if you want to see photos associated with the episodes, check our socials. Everything's linked in the show notes, episode notes, all that. Um, if you have a case you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, speakingofmissingpersons at gmail.com, and a one Paula... I was going to say, speaking of that. Yep, Paula, um, what's her last name? Morgan. Paula Morgan sent over today's case as a request. So Shauna's going to be telling that for us. Shauna, what's what's this person's name? Mikkel Biggs. Okay. Now, if I start pronouncing it wrong, sorry. So, and I understand there really isn't a whole lot of information out there? Not really, no. Okay, well, tell us tell us what you did find. Mikkel was born May 31st, 1987. She lived in Mesa, Arizona. She was 11 years old and in the sixth grade when all of this took place. Okay, so it would have been, what, 98? 99. 99? Okay, I gotcha. She was described as being super smart. Uh, she had dreams of being a Disney animator. She was gifted musically and played clarinet. She was even an honor roll student. Nice. On January 2nd, 1999, Mikkel and her little sister Kimber were riding their bikes and waiting for the ice cream man. So, Remember, it's Arizona. Okay. I was, <laughs> that's right. Because I'm sitting here like... It's... Okay, you're so... You're waiting for the ice cream man on fucking January 2nd? Like, <laughs> what? It's described as cool, but not freezing. So yeah, like a like, like a, fifty-five. Like a chill sixty. Yeah. yeah. Probably like high sixties. Okay. Which is like some every most people's like dream weather. Uh yes. Not me. I want it to be like in the mid seventies. It has to be over seventy two. I don't know what to tell you. What what what's it called? The people who like the rainy days? I don't remember the word. I'm one of those people. I don't remember. I would the be word. happiest in Seattle. Surrounded by greenery and rainy all the time. Nope, I was so depressed yesterday. Send me to Washington State. I don't want to. I don't want to be like my clothes and my hair always wet and moist and yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Also, I don't want to be anywhere near sand. I'd rather have snow. I wouldn't go that far. But (laughs) while they were waiting for the ice cream truck to roll around, uh, Kimber got cold. And so she told uh, Mikkel that she was going to go home and just grab a jacket real quick. Um, 
one of the articles I said that I read said that her their mom told Kimber to be like, "Hey, Mikkel, come home." So, so obviously she, she went in to get a coat, and her mom uh, yeah said, was hey, like, "Hey, send go, her home to go get your sister. It's time for you guys to come home." Right. So by the time that Kimber had returned to the spot where she had left Mikkel, it had only been ninety seconds. And Mikkel was gone. Wait a minute. Holy Jesus. There, that's there's like just no a way. little they over were, a minute. They were literally right outside their front door. Oh, okay. Like was, they were like, they were right there. They were riding in like their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Well, they would have to be like right outside their house for her to just, for a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. the investi- like the police actually looked into this and they like, they timed Kimber doing this, and it only, it took not even 90 seconds. Man. Shit. The only thing left where Mikkel was was her bike with the wheel still spinning and two quarters. Oh, shit. So her sister so came out, like, right after she got snatched. She had to have been, like, snatched off the bike while the wheels were still moving. Yeah, I mean, either way, she had to be snatched off the bike, and it had to have been into a car. Ugh. Yeah. Tracy, Mikkel's mom, well, Kimber, like, ran home and was like, hey, Mikkel's not there. Like, she, she's gone. So Tracy, Mikkel's mom, sent Kimber to the neighbor, like, around the neighborhood because, like, this was a close, like, knit neighborhood. Like, they were all friends and stuff. Right. To check to see if she maybe went into one of the neighbor's houses. So Kimber goes to one of their closer friends' houses and asks, and they're like, no, she's not here. But then they, the older like son, was like, oh, I'll help you look. So they went around for 30 minutes asking everyone if they'd seen her. It's like a catch-22. Like, you don't want to automatically go to the bad part of, like, she got kidnapped, so you're going to search around. But at the same time, that's, like, precious moments that you're losing. Yeah. So it's like, do you overreact and immediately call the police, or do you search around the neighborhood first? Like, that would be a tough call. I really think it depends on the circumstances. In those specific circumstances where all of a sudden she's just gone, her bike's still there, tire's still spinning, that kind of thing, I'm calling the cops. But if it's her and the bike are both gone and she could have just taken off a few houses down yeah, or true. a street over, okay. Like, that's circumstantial. That's what I was going to say. It's the the point that would make me, you know panic is the fact that the bike and her ice cream money are still laying there yeah Yeah, that would i would have because if she's just gonna be like well i'm sick of waiting for my little sister which i mean she barely had a minute to have that thought and go to a neighbor's house she would have rode her bike to the neighbor's house yeah Yeah. and wouldn't have left her ice cream money on the ground it's just crazy to me because you're like 30 minutes have now gone by it will in that 30 minutes their every neighbor they had talked to had come out to start looking. So everyone is searching for her in nice. this neighborhood. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. Unfortunately, though, there were no witnesses and no one had heard anything. The only 
clue that they really had to go on was that there was a copper-colored Jeep spotted in the neighborhood around the time that she went missing. Hmm. Police had also gotten so many tips about this Jeep, but they never went anywhere. So basically, the police, the second they were called, they started their investigation. And this community came the fuck together. Like, they donated so much food, it was being stored at neighbors' houses. They were donating money for flyers. They were billboards. You fucking name it. The community came together for it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Even like places like Florida were donating to this family and trying to like spread the word around Florida and like it went national quickly. Wow. They only ever had two real suspects in her, in Mikkel's disappearance. One being her own dad. Of course. His name is Darren Biggs. Were they divorced? No, they got divorced after this, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Darren had originally told police during the first interview that he was at work when she had went missing. But it later came out that that was false. And he was actually staying at a, like, he was actually, like, hanging out with a friend. Now, I'm assuming that he lied because he was supposed to be at work. Like, that's where Tracy thought he was. Right. Was this friend a woman? It never said. Hmm. It didn't sound like that, but it never said. Darren had also failed a polygraph test, but they think that that could have been due to, like, just his emotional state. Like, his daughter did just go missing. Right. They also watched him for over a year before they completely cleared him. Like, they followed him around. Good. That's honestly surprising, I feel like. I I don't feel like they follow people for very long, typically, in most stories that we read. They don't have the manpower or the money to do that. I I read that he was mostly a suspect because people thought he was weird and... A loner. A loner. That was, like, the only reason. Gotcha. Yeah. So his... Personality, pretty much. I, I was going to say, he was a, a su- he was a suspect purely on, like, personality basis. Yeah. Yeah, it was literally just because he kept to himself and... Yeah, he didn't do very much. That's yeah. why I don't think that he was at a girl's house. Mm-hmm. I think that he was, like, just skipping work to hang out with, like, a buddy. All right. Kind of weird, but whatever. The other suspect in this case was a man named D. Block. Block. <laughs> okay, well, we're just going to call him D. He only lived a few blocks away from Mikkel's house. He um, was also. Okay, so when he was talked to, uh, he said that he had, like, been watching football all day or that he had been in his garage all day which was confirmed by his wife and he was never really completely dropped as a suspect in her disappearance but like his alibi was confirmed by his wife but she could have been lying but she could have been lying like it is totally possible he was interviewed uh years later while in prison because he had been arrested for beating and raping a neighbor. And he was interesting. And he was serving 15 years for that. He also had a record for sexual assault, child molestation, and kidnapping. 
Really? Is that why he became a suspect in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But with no evidence, they couldn't really convict him of the crime. Right. But the woman that he had beaten and raped had uh, believed so wholeheartedly that he kidnapped Michaela and did something to her. Mikael. Mikael. I'm sorry. And that he had, like, done something bad to her that she offered to drop the charges she had filed against him if he confessed. Really? Really. Wow. Yeah, except why would he do that? Because it would be a bigger charge. It would be a bigger charge. Well, I mean, assuming it would be a murder charge, I would would think. Maybe. Unless it was, you know, kidnapping and he sold her to some trafficker. Yeah, who really knows? But, of course, he wouldn't. Like we said, he'd probably get a larger sentence if he did. If it's him. Right. The Biggs family sent him a bunch of letters in prison and even visit him to see if he would tell them the truth they like really thought it was him also he again maintained his innocence and his wife again was like no he had a fucking alibi i was there i saw him yeah if even after he did that and he's in prison and she's still standing by that alibi for him i tend to think it's true well he is getting out in 15 years so maybe not I thought he got like a hundred and some years in prison. I read both. I read both. But 15 years seems more plausible for beating and raping a neighbor than 185. Hmm. I don't know. I read he got 185 years. Either or. We're going to go with 15. It sounds more plausible. And if that's the case, and he did get out in 15 years, and the wife was like, actually, I lied. Who's to say he wouldn't try to kill her? Well, if he actually committed this crime, kidnapped this girl, did whatever, killed her, sold her, whatever, and the wife had the alibi, but then he's in prison for something else, and she breaks her silence, he he's not coming yeah, back out. Yeah, he wouldn't have come back out. The thing about it is, though, is, like, couldn't she, maybe she, she was trying. afraid of getting drugged down with him. Oh, if she was partially involved somehow? Like, well, yeah. knowing, like, accessory. True. Uh, I think it's. Again, I mean, I'm sure situational. they would have given her a plea deal, like a. We'll give I mean, you she would definitely. Or something. If, yeah. If it were, if that were the case, she would definitely have already gotten arrested for lying to the cops. I don't know. It's hard to say if he was involved or not. I can right. see why he's a good suspect. Right. But he has all the red flags. Right. But there is a possibility he just lived there and was watching football all day. Right. Yeah. With no evidence at the crime scene, the case went cold and quick. They had nothing to go on. In 2018, though, in Nehaw, Wisconsin. Yeah, see, Wisconsin. A man walked into the police station and handed them a $20 bill that said, My name is Mikkel Biggs. Kidnapped from Mesa. I'm alive. The fuck? Hmm. Mikkel's family doesn't believe that it was her handwriting or anything like that. They think that it was false because her name was spelled wrong on it. Gotcha. And it looked like forced childlike writing. Gotcha. So someone was faking writing that's like a kid. Up. That that's their belief. I mean I mean I would b- believe it was a fake also if 
her name was spelled wrong, especially since at the time she was that she went missing, she was eleven. Yeah, she would know how to spell. She her would DMA. know how to spell her name. My five-year-old knows how to spell his name. Like, so yeah, I would say I would also believe it was a fake, but it's fucked up that somebody would do that. Absolutely, I agree. People with you. in this world are so weird. Throughout the years, there have been over. 150,000 flyers handed out. Police have spoken to over 50 psychics. Psychic? No. Psychics. There you go. (laughs) Looked into all the local ice cream truck drivers because typically those are independent. You know, I didn't even think of that. Like, that never crossed my mind that it could have been the ice cream. They could have literally been the ice cream. Me, I was like focusing on the Jeep because it would have been easy in a jeep to drive past a kid on a bike and just just pull them into the jeep because they're missing the whole door like if you're not you don't have the door on it right mm-hmm. you could Possible. snatch a kid off i'm not saying yeah but you also got a van with a window and a freezer that's on what i'm wheels. saying yeah. mm-hmm. i never even thought of the ice cream truck because it's the same exact way you still have that door that you can hang out the side. If there was yeah. like two people in the ice cream truck, they could easily snatch a kid off a bike while it was still riding the bike. And what a lot of ice cream truck drivers, they are independently owned. Yeah, like they it's own like their, a, it's yeah. like a company ran thing. It's like a biz, small business. Yep. It's like a food truck. Yeah, I thought ice cream truck just from reading so many Spawn comics. I've never read any Spawn comics. Me either, so. so I don't get the reference. They had also dug in 35 mines in the Santan Mountains. Thinking that she got thrown in a mine? Yeah, they found nothing. They also looked into over 7,000 leads. Holy shit. This is actually described as the most expensive investigation the state has ever spent money on. Shit. Wow. I could understand, like, the town of Mesa, but the whole state, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about all of the cases that we've talked about. We don't talk about Arizona much. Yeah, Arizona doesn't seem to be a place that people... Not a hot spot? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do know of a horrible case from there, but we haven't talked about it yet. No, not yet. After five years, the family had held an empty casket funeral for... Mikkel. That would be so hard. She had been pronounced legally dead at this point because it had been five years. Right. Kimber has started a Facebook page for Mikkel called Justice for Mikkel Biggs, and it has brought uh, leads, but none of them have gone very far. I leave you with uh, the fact that obviously she's a female. She is uh, Caucasian, was 11 years old. Sandy blonde, sandy colored hair, hazel eyes, was 4'8 and 65 pounds at the time of her disappearance. That's small. Yeah. She was little, little tiny. If you have any information, call the Mesa Police Department at 480-644-2211. All right. Man, I wish they had left more evidence for the police to follow on this one. I mean, it's, I mean, there's not even breadcrumbs. Yeah, I know. There's not even, like, anything, especially yeah. since no one has come forward saying they saw anything. Right. Well, 
if you out there listening to this know anything, call the number, call Mesa Police, let them know what you know. And uh, I guess that's going to wrap it up for this week. So don't be afraid to send over your case requests to the email, speakingofmissingpersons at gmail.com. Thank you, Paula. And uh, does anyone have any final thoughts? Yes. We're doing uh, extra episodes in October. Oh, yeah. Look out. We're, we're going to do some uh, sneak peek episodes. We, we are starting up our new podcast after the first of the year, and we're going to be releasing some extra episodes, um, episodes from that podcast on this podcast in addition to our normal episodes uh, this month. So keep an eye out for that. Check those out, and uh, we'll, we'll get that going. Yeah. All right. So we will see y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.